0: Join me late Sunday, early Monday for Body Rock with Mike B on WMNF 88.5 Tampa. The heavy metal disco train leaves the station at midnight for a three-hour dark journey into the sonic underworld of alternative music. Body Rock with Mike B. Sunday, midnight, WMNF 88.5.
1: From the Black Keys, you're listening to WMNF 88.5 Community Radio.
0: Are tuned to WMF Tampa here on the Sunday Forum. We're waiting on Walter L. Smith to get in the building and uh, we're going to get the show started. But of course, this is a forum, so we're going to be looking for your telephone calls. 813 239 9663 is the number to call if you want to join the Sunday Forum. In our discussions, usually have pretty serious political discussions. And I know that here in the city of Tampa, we're looking forward to a runoff election. And we're going to talk to somebody who's going to be in uh, on the ballot in this election, Sonia Brookings. She's here in the building. So if you want to speak to Sonia Brookings this morning, give us a call here on the Sunday Forum as we wait for your host, Walter L. Smith, second, to get in the building And um, we'll get the show started in tandem. But in the meantime, we want to say good morning to Sonya Brookings and uh, welcome you to the program. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Let's wake up and get ready for this runoff.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's the spirit. And, you know, it's a good thing we have a runoff because, like me, a lot of people had to miss the last election because I didn't reapply to vote by mail which is much more convenient for people like me, who doesn't like getting out and standing in lines, still don't trust crowds very much. So it's pretty helpful to be able to vote by mail, and that was harder to do. And I suspect that was on purpose.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was systemically
0: designed. And that's a shame. You know, what do they have to fear? (laughs) From From my voting, you know, one man, one vote... So you're uh, on the ballot for the runoff.
2: I'm on the ballot for District One for City Council, uh, and um, I- I'm thinking about what you just said. How you know they've changed the rules so much until yeah. now we don't know which way to go. But that is, des- I I do believe it is designed by purpose to um, you know take away our our our, our, um, our voting rights and. Um, we just got to do. We we have to. We just have to stay up and and stay on top of it. Really, is what we need to do.
0: Right, and there's so much so much to distract us.
2: Oh yeah, there are a lot <laughs> of distractors
0: going on. Which is what I think is happening throughout the state of Florida right now. There's a lot of uh, cultural war. There's a cultural war going on.
2: Of course it is. They're trying to take us back to those days that we don't want to go back to, right. and we have to open our eyes to that.
0: Yeah, and most of us, we're not going backwards. We're going to fight like we did <laughs> that's the right, last that's time. That's
2: right. Have that's, to fight. That's right. Our votes matter and they know it matters. So we mm-hmm. have to understand that they matter and go out there in, in high numbers and make a difference.
0: Well, in addition to making it harder for people to vote, what are the issues do you see in your district and in this city?
2: Well, in, in the city, we know, um, every. I don't care what politician you talk to, we know that affordable and attainable housing is an issue. We know gentrification is an issue. It bothers me when... People say that gentrification is not real. I see the impact of families being pushed out of their homes, or or people, just the the working poor, being pushed out of their apartments. You know, because they they were qualified at one level, and then all of a sudden that level changed. Now I have the right to kick you out. Right. So that that is a big issue, and it's going it's citywide. It, it, I mean, it's it's county. It's 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 just everywhere. I don't care where you step in the world. This is a problem. And we need to get it a hold on. it. we understand that we can't solve that problem. It's been here a long time with affordable housing, even though it's just really off the chart right now. But we have to understand that we need to get people in there that are going to fight um, for their rights as well as um, work finding resources on a, a local, a state, and a federal level. This is the only way we're going to try to dent this housing crisis because we can't, you know, for me to stand up here and say, oh, I'm going to solve that problem, I'm lying to you. And if somebody else tells you that, they're telling you a lie. We need to find resources so we can get this funding across the board to make a difference.
0: Well, that's got to take state and federal efforts to help.
2: That's why I say on a local, state, and federal level.
0: And there's so much, like we already mentioned, there's so much to distract us. But what else is going on? Because because we know that the quality of life is really what's on people's mind when they go vote. You know, and minimum wage is not keeping up in this state. And I don't know how the cities should respond.
2: Yeah, um... And that was another concern that I had when we talk about the budget, making the budget more transparent and, and being accountable for the budget. We have and, and 150 people moving to the city on a daily basis, but the budget is maintaining at the same level. That just doesn't make sense to me. You know, we're talking about checking a balance system, but how come our budget is not reflective of the number of people that's moving here? That's not helping us, and, and we talking about minimum wage. That That has an impact on minimum wage. Why aren't we putting our wage up to where we can have a comfortable quality of life? All of these things I call a domino effect. One thing affects the other. You know, people try to focus just on transportation. No. Housing and transportation go hand in hand. The budget goes hand in hand with all of these because these are about resources and getting the money where it needs to be in an equitable manner. We know we have the money but we know that they want to put the money in certain neighborhoods and right. forget about other neighborhoods. And and this is where we need to get a city council that is reflective of the city. Not a city council that's reflective of those with money, but mm. reflective of the city in order to improve our quality of life.
0: Right. Well, and that's going to become apparent if, uh, you know, inequality continues. Right. And so... How do you get people on, on one page, on the same page? Because some people are convinced that if you give more to the rich, then it will trickle down. And we know trickle-down economics doesn't work.
2: I, I haven't seen that, um, Billy. I don't know if you've seen that. I've never seen <laughs> it trickle down. I've seen it trickle to the side. Yeah. They, they take care of each other. But the, those that's on the bottom, we never see that. in our lot, quality of life gets worse.
0: Right. And... and The feds and uh, the states, the state, this particular state seems to be at war with those who have less, you know, and that's the reason why they're distracting us with, you know, getting rid of voting rights, getting rid of uh, reproductive rights. You know, why, how do we get, uh, I guess, elections have consequences and, and this is how we use the campaign's. Like we're doing right now to get people's attention. Of
2: course, of course, they have consequences, and um, and I and I don't want to bring up any names, and I won't bring up any names, but we need to be careful who we putting up there. You know, <laughs> are they fighting for our rights, or are they fighting for their power?
0: That and, is the question. That's that's the question. To be or not to be is not the question. (laughs) Are they fighting for our rights or their power? You know, Walter L. Smith is in the building, and we're talking to Sonia Brookings, and we're looking for your telephone calls. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. And you can write us by writing DJ at WMNF.org. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. We've already had a, a searing discussion already talking about the difference between the haves and the have-nots, talking about the political distraction, talking about the inability to vote unmolested in this society, in this state. Uh, And we're looking forward to the runoff. What day is the runoff election? The runoff
2: election is April 25th. But keep in mind that early voting is starting on April 17th.
0: Right, right. And what about cities Cooperating with one another on housing issues and on infrastructural issues? Is that a a need?
2: Oh, of course it is. We can't do it by ourselves. Um, Some of us, I guess, we feel so powerful that we can get up there and say, oh, this is what's going to happen. But just like on city council, one council person cannot make that decision. They have to have four votes in order for something to move forward. So I I always say it starts at home. So I look at city council as home. You know, what Mm -hmm. are we doing first to show the community that we're fighting for what they need before we start going to other cities and trying to create a partnership. We know partnerships are and in, in being collaborative, having a collaborative spirit is what's going to move the, the agenda forward and create and bringing some new solutions to our home front.
0: Right. Walter, you're in the building. It's good to see you, bro. Good morning, good morning, <laughs> good, morning. good morning. Well, what do you think of our discussion <coughs> so far with Sonny oh, Brookings? Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get hot. Okay. It's about to get hot up in here. I Some
3: people know. in the studio just looking yeah. off in the sky.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> oh, let's introduce the
0: other person in the studio. Good morning, madam. How are you? Good Who's
2: morning. Like- I'm fine. How are you doing? You're
0: doing well.
3: Doing well. Doing well. You here to accompany mama?
2: Of course. Got to support.
3: That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Sonia. What's up? What? What? What's going on? You. All right. All right. Yeah uh few of you know this. Um, but uh Sonya has we've we known each other since I was a toddler, since I was a baby practically. Oh. And uh we are from the same neighborhood, the bottom. Uh
0: say so, yeah, are you gonna write any mem- 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 memoirs?
3: <laughs>
2: I, I've been trying to get Walter to do that, to say let's write a book together, uh, centered around environmental issues. But um, I, I don't know what... Damn, what
3: are talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not what... That would be good, about.
0: too. Like, <laughs> down. I was looking I'll for be... the Peyton Place type stuff.
3: Yeah, exactly <laughs> what you're exactly looking for. You know, boy, I tell you, boy. Can't kill Abel, right? No. Well,
1: I'll that's I Yeah.
3: Uh, But no, I, I'm glad to have you here. Glad to have you here. And um, because we get to talk about some, some really serious issues. And like what Billy said, uh, there is a culture war. There really is a culture war going on. Um, and it's, it's one that um, that actually is more, is more of a distraction mm-hmm. than anything else. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there are some, there, I mean, there are, this thing is happening globally. Things happen globally. And, and I'm sorry I was not able to get in um to do to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I'm gonna say it anyway. Um you know, this weekend I was witnessing discussions that have been going on globally on the continent of Africa. And as many of you know, we we discuss things that happen globally on this show all the time. And one of the things that is happening is this. Uh, neo-colonialism, neo-imperialist attitude that has always been pervasive with regard to the continent. And uh, there have been discussions recently uh, with in countries like Namibia, right? In Namibia, there was a, as many of you may or may not know, Namibia was colonized by Germany, primarily. And when the Germans, a few people know this. Actually, I, I was surprised how many people don't know that. But um, in Namibia was colonized by Germany, and when when it happened, uh, of course there was a, a, apartheid, right? And the type of thing that, that the attitude that uh, that the chancellor, the German chancellor, showed in this dis- this one on one discussion, which which is very rare one on one discussion between the Chancellor of Germany and the head of uh and, and the the President of Namibia was outstanding. What made it outstanding was the fact that the President of Namibia stood up to the Chancellor and uh told him as he was talking about, oh you know the Chinese are coming in and they're doing all these things here and they're just having, uh, they have basically carte blanche over Namibia. He said, well, wait, wait, wait. He interrupted him, the president of Namibia. He said, he said, uh, he said uh, Mr. Chancellor, no, that's that's not true. He said, but then, of course, didn't you have carte blanche as well? He said, now, let, let's, let me be clear. We'll do business with whomever we want to do business with, number one, and number two, uh, you have no say in that. I think we, we can agree on that, right and he said, yes, yeah, he yeah. he said, okay, so then that's basically the end of this conversation and this is this is the conversation that's being had throughout the continent throughout the continent now uh you know people are turning turning down even the American dollar. You talk about Kenya recently, the President of Kenya has said, you know if you have American dollars and you come here um soon. They won't be worth anything, so watch out. And the reason they're saying that is because they're starting to work on on bringing their economies up, taking charge of their own economies in a real, real sense, stopping this despotic leadership that's been going on in these countries and really having real leadership in these African nations. And I, for one, am very happy about it. I'm extremely happy about it.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: You know? And it's do. long
2: overdue.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, let, let me tell you why that's important, why that? Why that's important in this discussion today. Um, one of the things that that uh, we quite often mistake is improvement. What is this? Is, is improvement and programming is mistaken quite often. Uh, and confused with gentrification and colonization. Did you you hear what I said?
0: Improvement.
3: Improvement and programming is mistaken quite often with gentrification and colonization. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that communities quite often fall into the trap of not doing for self and controlling policies that are being implemented on them, on them uh, and instead allow those programs to be to be brought to them, to be implemented by government without any say-so on their part. And before you know it, they're pushed out. This is a type of, and, and they use the people who are there in order to get those programs put in place. And then before you know it, the community that you're looking at is unrecognizable, right, in terms of the people who were there or were there, and in terms of the structures and buildings that that have been put in, the improvements and things like that. And who gets to enjoy those improvements, right? Who said we even wanted those particular types of improvements to be put in, right? The improvements that we look for in our communities are what? Jobs, obviously. Um, transportation, affordable um, housing, <laughs> affordable housing. You know the, the typical, uh, the typical suspects. Now, let me let me let me stop there for a moment, and I want to ask Ms. Birkins. Um, knowing this, knowing that this is the case, what what kind of on the ground on the ground Efforts. Do you see yourself working to implement as a member of City Council?
2: Getting the community more involved while listening with intent, Um, and that says a whole lot. Mm -hmm. We uh, we we briefly talked about gentrification. I was at a forum and they brought gentrification up, and just like you said. They brought up the developers coming in and changing things. And when they asked several candidates, the the candidates stated, oh, that's a good thing. But when they got to me, I say, well, I don't see gentrification as a good thing. There may be improvements that are coming into that community, but at what cost and Mm -hmm. on whose back are you doing this Mm -hmm. for? Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a problem with that. And, and I think what we the first thing we need to do on the ground is start bringing awareness to our own communities to let them know what's happening right now. Because I think sometimes we miss the sideline and we start looking at the beauty that may be coming in without looking at the impact that may be coming in and how affect how it affects our quality of life. Um, and, and so we have to start there, listening with intent and And really bringing it bringing it home to our communities, this is what's happening now what are we going to do about it because we have to stand up and start fighting. we can't just accept what they say and that's why I say city council is not reflective
3: of the people's choice. Mm. I'm about the people okay now 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 we're sizzling now we're sizzling now you want to call in eight one three two three nine nine six six three now we're sizzling at 8:29 a.m. at 8:29 a.m. half past 8 a.m. this beautiful Sunday morning uh with Sonya Brookings right here on the Sunday Forum folks this is your host Walter Smith the along with the member of the Fourth Estate Mabili hey listen we are, are are about to go at it we're about to go at it love it i love it i love it um listening with intent listening with intent what does that mean? When, when, when we when we go to communities and we talk to people about this, and as as a candidate, you know, listening with intent, having people listen. What what does that mean, Ms. Booker?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Listening with intent is having a solution in mind with the people's input, not just having you come up there and say you're speaking before city council, and that's all you're doing is speaking. <coughs> Mm-hmm. What, are, what are my intentions and where are we going from here? So when you're coming in there, this is something that we're working on together. That's why you have to have a collaborative spirit and, and start listening to the people and doing what the people want.
3: Right, right. Absolutely. Okay, so, so when we talk about what the people want in, in West Tampa, in West Tampa, um, we, we saw changes. We've seen some major changes. Mm-hmm. Right. It's almost unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. The initially, you know, we were told, those of us who were in attendance or were active back then, we saw the we, we attended the early meetings at the churches, like Beulah Baptist Church, mm-hmm. uh where the discussion was held with then uh Mayor Greco about what was going to happen in West Hampton. Not what the people wanted, but what was going to happen. Okay? I remember it vividly because I sat with my father in that audience, and I listened, and I heard people respond, well, wait a minute, hold on. You know, with all due respect, Mr. Mayor, um, you, want, you want to tell me what I want in my neighborhood? Now, the strange thing about that is that it wasn't, wasn't long after that that we saw a well-needed, a well something that was very much needed, um, removal of warehousing and industrial buildings that were, uh, that, that were contaminants of the environment during that time period um, and, and were not very safe places. Those, those were moved, right? And then they were converted. The areas uh, changed completely. New businesses and, and storefronts began, uh, became more prevalent. And then we started seeing the condos come. And as the condominiums began to arise, we saw the face of West Tampa change. Because the condos that were coming in were not affordable, Condos. And so what we saw beyond that were programs that were supposed to be uh, for the people that were not truly for the people, but were used as a means to change the face of West Tampa, in essence, colonize it, in, effort, in essence, uh, gentrify it. Mm-hmm. And we see that currently happening right now. And we're struggling, it seems, to get on board with what's happening and, and try to salvage what, what little bit we can salvage of the memory of what was West Tampa, what is West Tampa currently um as people make an effort to change the name of the of the community from West Tampa to North Howard noho right, mm-hmm. which has been a real point of contention really um and I, I know as a member of the c the community advisory council for the c r a over there that has been we always correct people when they say that. We were like, no, you, we are not calling this uh, no-ho. There's nothing here, no-ho. This is West Tampa. Right? This is West Tampa. And we all say that in unison. We all say that in power um, as the people who run the CRA, um, Community Redevelopment Agency, Community Advisory Committee, instead of know what we want done as representatives of the people who remain, and as representatives, we are made up of the various organizations, neighborhood associations, and so forth. Now, so that that brings me to this point. In East Tampa, there's the same type of thing happening, and there is a struggle to determine uh, what's next. How do we transform East Tampa? What do we do about what seems to be um, an onslaught that seems to be unstoppable in terms of economics, in terms of infrastructural changes or any changes that we're seeing in development? I mean, and it's like people are saying things like, well, we're not involved in the process, Uh, you know, How can we stop it? How can we put in our word? How can we change what's happening? What's happening? Well,
2: you just said something important. The the people are saying, how can we stop it or how can we change it? I mean, I sit on the board with the CRA in East Tampa. The first thing we need to do is get you out here to these meetings so Mm. that you know what's going on. That's one strategy to stopping this. We took a tour. Um.
3: Of the skill um, center, are you familiar yes. with the skill center? John Arroyo, Chris, um, what was Chris's last name? Um, but but John, but John and, and Chris and, and those guys have worked on that place for years in another whole another area, um, just south of there on 15th Street.
2: Right, right, right. And,
3: and then they got the God bless them, man. Those guys have really, really done a lot with those kids. Uh, transformed a lot of lives. A lot of lives.
2: Right. And you know. and they're getting now you know they're relo they have relocated on twenty second in the big building that's going up where the old skating ring used to be. Stardust, Re- baby. Uh uh oh uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So we we did a tour today and, and I and I'm so excited with the new change that they're they're doing and like you say, they have impacted a lot of lives. And they're going to impact triple that, now quadruple that number once this new building is up, and and they're expecting it to be up in November um, 2023. So there are a lot of things that they're doing to bring to get the community involved. These are the type of things that we need to be at. We need to know what's going on. And I was honored when they had the CRA come and do the tour for that particular building and talk about all these new things. And they'll be pulling other nonprofits into this facility. It'll be a conference center. It'll be so many things. You need to have them on the show. You, you, so, so we can make the the public aware of what's going on. So these are the types of things that we need to start getting involved and stop jumping on the bandwagon for things mm. that we know nothing about. And that and that kind of irks me when something is going on and we instead of us doing our research and finding out what what is going on to impact our community, we jump on the bandwagon and we start turning against each other. Mm. That's that's our biggest hiccup that I think we have within our communities. And if we want change, we need to start getting together and creating changes to make sure this is what we want for our community, not what they want for our community. And this is what has created the problem where East Tampa has been left out. So many times right. um area sulfur springs has been left out.
3: Yes. You yes. know, I, I I never hear this. I never that's a discussion that I never hear. I never I have I personally have it. Mm-hmm. I personally have it. You know this. I personally have that discussion all the time. What are let me let me just stop right there for a moment and let's talk about because you're citywide.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Let's talk about sulfur springs. Because, see, okay, there's a, there's a lot to unpack on this thing. There's a lot to unpack. I've been of the opinion, for instance, that if there were to have been a stadium, and, and this is a big issue, because you're talking about economic development at this mm-hmm, point mm-hmm. Uh, of, of a community. Economic development doesn't just mean bringing in some brownfields grants and, and, and you know, again, again, gentrifying the area using the, the brownfields grants, right? Um, but, Sulphur Springs, first of all, let's talk about um, why no one really thought about or said anything or chased the issue of putting a stadium there in Sulphur Springs, a baseball stadium in Sulphur Springs. Yeah, wow. Talk to us, tell us.
2: Well, I thank you, Sophia. Think about it. When, and, and I've heard it myself. When you mention the name Sulphur Springs, the first thing you go to is crime in your mind. Because this is the narrative that they put out there. You know, I've had families say, well, I've had to relocate my children and move them over with my auntie in another part of the city because the crime is so bad there. There is more going on in Suffolk Spring than crime. There is a young man named Chris Adams. This young man is, is doing cleanups. He's creating a community garden mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, over there in the area. Every Saturday from 9 to 11, this is what he's doing. He's bringing that community together. He's pulling kids out of these, these crime-ridden holes that exist in that area. So th- this is what I'm saying. We need to change the narrative and start bringing in positivity and looking at positive. You mentioned the stadium. That's a positive thing. That's bringing jobs. That's doing other things. Mm-hmm. And we and this is where we have to go with that and stop focusing on one thing. And not to change course, but there's another area that I just learned about called Gary. I yeah. had no idea about that. And it's, it's like it's, it's, it's a poverty area that's worse than third world countries. And I'm like, here in Tampa? Well, yeah. And they said the code enforcement list, the the fines are so stacked up and nothing is being done. Warehouses where things you know, people are just doing what they want to do. It's no safety component. That's right over here behind Ebor City. I had no idea. On the
3: other side of the bottom.
2: Yeah, I had no idea. And I say, why aren't we talking about places like this? Right. right. You know, I saw an article about the best places, the best neighborhoods to live in Tampa. Hmm. Mm. Now, isn't that amazing mm-hmm. that these best places are places that they put the focus on to make sure that they have the amenities and everything else to create economic development. But in other areas like Sulphur Spring and East Tampa and Gary, there has been no attention placed there. Why can't they be on the list? Right. Why can't we do this in an equitable manner? Mm-hmm. That, that creates a problem for me. That, that tells the story right there.
3: It, 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 you know, <clears throat> when, when I do field investigations or discussions mm-hmm. in communities, one of the things that I do, that, there's, there's a gentleman by the name of TJ Pearson, um, who lives in Silver Springs, mm-hmm. right? And TJ is one of my uh, protégés and we man, great kid great kid and he's in school now and he had to stop for a moment because for personal reasons but he went back to school again uh, he's probably TJ is now 21 years old and he is up and coming so but folks, watch out for him watch out for him uh People like TJ, and like the young man that you mentioned, are people who need to be highlighted, mm-hmm. right? They need to be uplifted with the work that they're doing, the, the intention that, they, that, that you talk about, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they, they've been listening with intent. They've been working with intent. Mm-hmm. And then the courage of their convictions to do things in their communities and follow through with them as much as they possibly can. But quite often, they don't have the resources Mm -hmm. to follow through. They don't have the the, the resources to follow through. What resources do you think are necessary to help people like this to follow through with with what's necessary in their communities to make their communities better?
2: Yeah, um i think about as i'm i'm on this campaign trail and there's and, and we know when we fill out our reports there's something called in kind donations mm-hmm. why don't we apply that as far as resources when we have folks out here working with intent you know if i have a skill mm. that you can utilize to move you forward why why aren't i out there you know, and that's the and that's what it is. It's not necessarily about money all the time. Resources come in all types of alternatives. And we need to start looking at the barter, the bartering system. Um, you know, I I can do this, you um you do this, let's trade this off in order to move this project forward. And I think we need to get back to those terms. While we're looking for financial resources, the money is there, Walter, let's, let's just face it. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. know the money is there, and we know the money goes where they want it to go. Mm-hmm. And and this is why it's important. You know, when I talk to African-Americans or minors about getting on boards, there's a purpose for that. It's not about getting on boards to make your resume look good. Right. You need to sit on these boards so you can know what's going on. So when they talk about these resources, that's your time to say, hey, I know a perfect place this can go. But we don't do that. So we, we're not sitting at a table to make a change. So we, therefore, we don't know what's going on. We can't make a change sitting on the other side all the time. Sometimes we need to get in the building And we know that they won't let us in the building sometime. So we need to create that space so we can learn about these resources and start giving it to these folks that are trying to work with intent. Um, Chris partners with Brook Realty. um, Chris Ward. Chris Adams. Chris
3: Adams. Okay. Yeah,
2: the one, the young man that's in Suffer spring. Okay. He he works hand in hand with the Brooks Realty, and they're helping him. They're trying to help him. Mm-hmm. So we—that's what we need. We need this partnership among ourselves. Right. Walter, we're very talented people, yes. and I think sometimes we forget that. I think and so. And we think we need to get permission from those that don't look like us, and and we got to stop that. Right. Very talented. When I went to did my work in Africa, I was so impressed with some of the things that were going on. The, the, they, they they had the talent to do it, but they felt like they had to go get permission somewhere mm. else.
3: Mm. From white people.
2: Yeah, I didn't want to say that.
3: But
2: I'm trying to be we nice call it. about it.
3: We call it like we call it, call it here. It, <laughs> it is what it is.
2: It is what okay. Well, I'm I mean, glad you said I don't. I don't want them to use that against the me colonizer. on the campaign trail. But it is what it is.
3: <laughs> You're right. They're, they're, and, and and white people don't get offended by by these by these words that we use on the show. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Well, they, they understand that this is from the black perspective. The understanding is this from the black perspective, and they need to check their they check the the white privilege at the door when they pick up the phone and call <laughs> here in in the station. So yeah, well that's how we play it here on the Sunday Forum. Oh okay. So well, I'll say check yourself then.
2: Check, what, check, what, it. When we check it at the
3: front <laughs> at the front door when you call, <laughs> um, no 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 but no really. There there are a lot of people out there who um, who are who, who are well intended mm-hmm. um, and they want to help and they wanna take part in this in, in this process. For all the right all the right reasons, they get caught in the whole gentrification process because the 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 powers that be are the ones who are pushing that, right? And I think that one of the things that we need to make certain that we are doing is that we are controlling the narrative, that we're controlling exactly. the things that are happening in our communities, um, how, how, how best do we do that, Sonny? As, as a council person, <coughs> how can you do that? How, how can you help to make that a reality for our communities?
2: Community engagement. I'm out there. I, I've okay. been out there from the beginning, um, and that's why I say it's not about the power. It's about the people.
3: Real community engagement.
2: Real community engagement. I'm not talking about this. Go out there, take a picture, and jump in your car and go home. I'm talking about get, get put your boots on, the, put your feet on the ground, and mm-hmm. start being working side by side, and you'll be amazed at the stories that you start to hear, so you can know where you can start to effectuate change.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonya Brookings is our guest this morning here on the Sunday Forum. It is now. 849, 849 in the morning here on the Sunday Forum. And uh, this is your host, Walter. Us with the second along with Mobili, the fourth estate crew. And we are really having a tremendous conversation
0: with Dr. Brookings. Uh, we have a phone call. Yes, we do. All right, let's go to the phone lines. And you can also join us by calling 813 239 Go ahead, call her You're on the Sunday Forum with Sonia Brookings.
1: Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. uh, First of all, uh, congratulations to uh, Miss Brookings and I uh, hope and pray for your success. i like the way you are speaking and I don't just go by people speaking, but you seem very genuine to me. And what I want to say, though, uh, as Walter said about West Tampa is West Tampa. I think Belmont Heights and Jackson Heights should be Belmont Heights and Jackson Heights, not East Tampa. When did that change and who changed it for their own political purposes? So I prefer East, I mean, um, Belmont Heights, Jackson Heights. That's what I grew up with and that's what i like to see. Also, Walter, I hope that you can get your show back at that ten thirty to 12, because I can't hear it no longer than sub, uh, substitute nine because I have to get going to Bible study.
3: Ah, uh, okay, okay. Right, so thank I you for letting me welcome. know that. I can put that I can I can put that in and okay. try to and try to get that time. Okay. Thank you. y'all. Uh, thank you very much. Uh-huh. Dr. Brookings? What what were your thoughts on, on what, what was just said about this?
2: Oh, I agree. I do believe that it should state um Jackson Heights and Bama Heights. I was um even though I was raised in the bottom on my maternal side on my father's side I was raised over off of um twenty nine seventeen Lindell Avenue, which is right off of twenty ninth Avenue. So I, I was raised out of that and I, I agree with you. It kinda keeps those memories close to hand and I, I, I see why they're doing the East Tampa to group it all, but the the bottom line is when we start looking at um, separate, not separating in in a sense of break, breaking it apart, but we start working on the historical connotation of our particular area, that makes a difference um, with the Jackson Heights and the Bama Heights. We know Jackson Heights and Bama Heights do things a little bit different.
3: <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, you know, there, there was a time where I remember, you know, if you were anywhere else and somebody wanted to know where you were from, here in Tampa, whereabouts in Tampa are you from, they would say Ybor City. Mm-hmm. So Ybor City really was the was the answer that most people gave in, if you were talking about East Tampa.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: right? Um, and, and that was up until the time of the, uh, gosh, the, the Belmont Heights Little League. Mm-hmm. That was up until then. And then people would say, okay, I'm from Belmont Heights, mm-hmm. right? And which, you know, again, for a long time, Belmont Heights was still recognized as a part of Ybor City, right? And when somebody would say, where are you from? They'd say, I'm from Ebor City still. But then, then once that happened with the, with the Little League winning, it became Belmont Heights, mm-hmm. right? Um, only local people know the other parts, you know, Fairview Oaks and so forth. Only, only local people would know that, right? Only. Right. Um, and so, it's interesting that the bottom had always been Ybor City. There was never an East Ybor. Mm-hmm. I, I don't ever remember there being an East Ybor until uh, until somewhere around about the two thousands, about the, about the turn of the century. Jesus, we could say that actually. By the turn of the century, um, you started hearing East Ybor,
4: mm-hmm.
3: right, as a distinction from Ybor City proper or Ybor City, and so um, it was important for us to maintain the culture and identity and knowledge of who the, of these communities and, and where where they're from, right? Um, like, hell, you know, ain't no shame. You got that tech. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what it is, mm-hmm. the bottom. Evil mm-hmm. city, and I, I, you go to the to the reunion at the bottom. Miss Penny and uh, um, uh, Mr uh, Mr Jaint and all those guys down there, they're still down there and they, and they do their thumbs down deal. That's the bottom,
4: mm-hmm.
3: right? Mm-hmm. For for other they don't people who don't on from the bottom, they don't know that. Thumbs down. There's nothing, there's nothing bad. There's nothing bad about that. They're very proud to be from the bottom, right? Uh, just like people in West Tampa are very proud to be from West Tampa. All right, All right. Whether you're black, whether you're Italian, whether you're Cuban, you know, that's what it, that's what it is. I'm a West Tampa boy.
4: hmm
3: Right? I'm, I'm proud. I personally am proud to have... Fifty percent each in, me, in my bloodline. You feel what I'm saying? You know, and and, and to have uh, people who are in the city of Tampa, who who are a part of that that legacy,
4: mm-hmm.
3: right? Uh, you know, we, we talk about people like Ron Vila and uh, uh, Dennis Fernandez in city. You know, that work for the city. You know and and I call those names because these are people who work hard in the city to make sure that we have um, that, that we maintain historic integrity they don't want to see any gentrification going on Mm-mm. they don't they want to see things saved and and um, you know and if there is to be change that is changed for the better for the people who are there so that they can enjoy it not be pushed out right. now that having been said, they haven't been said. We are seeing a lot of black folks now, we and we're gonna get right down to it because it's now 856. And we wanna set the tone for the next hour. It, it 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 gets to the part where it gets down and dirty now. Okay? Mm-hmm. They're pushing black folks out mm-hmm. of their communities. And it seems that it is that seems it is it is systematic. It is absolutely systematic. There's no question about what it is. There's no question about why it is. It is systematic. What do you see as a remedy for that?
2: Stop selling grandma's house. Mm. Okay. We got to stop selling it. Um, And I understand sometimes we have financial woes that that may happen that will cause us to do that. But I think we move too quick when it comes to this type of issue. Instead of seeing how we can rehab and rebuild our own communities. Right. Let's stop being so dependent on the white folks mm. to come in here and give us what we need to build for ourselves. Right. We used to have that. Now, you talk about the Ybor City versus the bottom. There's a different characteristic that happened in the bottom that happened to Ebor City. I can remember as a little girl my grandma taking me up there to Ebor City to get her Cuban coffee. There was a different type of treatment back then. I mean, I'm 60 years old, so I've been around a little bit, as opposed to the bottom. Now, as I'm in the bottom, I remember Judge's car <laughs> right there on the corner. That was an inspiration for me. I remember the little juke joint in the theater in the bottom. Right. You understand? We had our own characteristic. Your grandmother, Walter, sitting on that porch, she was a part of my family. Yeah. You know, if she saw me doing something, hey, Sonia, get over here, and she corrected me. Right. You know, I think about what has come out of the bottom. Myself, you, Salisha, me and Celicia, your sister we were, we were the best of friends as we were growing up. And I remember your father and mother. So those are people in our community that I looked up to that helped trans, transpose my success of what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. My grandmother up the street had her own little store. You know, I didn't see that in Ybor City with a black woman, uneducated third grader. But she made sure that kids had a place where they can come and buy things right there at her house. That was her store. Right. You know, she was the best businesswoman I ever seen in my life to be to, and, and not have any form of education. So there are different characteristics that exist in the bottom that existed in Ebor City. And I'm so thankful for them. It made me who I am today.
3: Mm. It, we don't get it. We don't get it. We don't get it, and I, I tell you, and we tell. Yeah. Quit telling. Quit telling. You know, if, if look, if the lady, if the lady next door is is the, is the, is, the, is what we call it, the frozen cup lady, let her be the frozen cup lady. Leave her alone. Quit telling all the time. We have our our mores and our our ethics and what we do in the hood and what we do, and let let it alone. Let it do do what you do. Listen, we got NPR coming up in a few minutes. We'll be right back with the Sunday Forum. Uh, right here with Walter Smith II and our guest, Sonya Brookings,